The Rangers can't find that extra gear. They make way too many costly mistakes, and they fall 4-1 to one at home against the Nashville Predators. We're calling them out and breaking down everything that went wrong in this game on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 923 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you might remember for the everydayers, people that you know tend to catch this show every day or just about every day, that one of the things I said at the end of the last show was that I was expecting this to be quite a bit different from the game against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Rangers obviously beat the Coyotes 2-1. to one, And despite what that score might suggest, I, I thought that was kind of a crazy game. You know, teams just uh, flying up and down the ice. Almost one of those games where you're sort of like trading rushes back and forth and uh, good goalie play both ways. And obviously the Rangers with an opportunistic goal from Vincent Trocek fairly late in that game. I believe there was about 10 or 12 minutes to go uh, when Trocek scored and put them on top for good. But in our most recent episode, I said I was expecting a different type of game against the Predators. I thought this could be a game that was uh, a low scoring. And again, the Coyotes game was low scoring, but kind of a crazy game um, that had a lot more action than the score would suggest. But I thought this game would be low scoring, kind of low event hockey. And I was sort of right. The thing that I was wrong about was uh, the Rangers posting a win of any kind, which they obviously did not, just did not play it well enough to do so. But again, I just thought that based on the opponent, the National Predators, a team that tends to play low-scoring game, doesn't have a ton of offensive firepower. And you listen to the announcers, and it sounds like uh, Nashville under Andrew Burnett, who's their new head coach, they're trying to open things up a little bit more and uh, play a little bit more you know, fast-paced hockey this season. But be that as it may, uh, I thought this is one of those games where if you're the Rangers, you're just going to have to stay patient and limit your mistakes. And the Rangers pretty much did everything but limit their mistakes. You could honestly make a case that mistakes caused all four goals that the National Predators scored in this game. Uh, certainly the first two of those, but you know, the Rangers left and right, they're giving up odd man rushes the entire night. This game actually could have been a lot worse if not for uh, Igor Shesterkin, who did not have his A game either and ends up getting pulled for Jonathan Quick. And we'll talk that, talk about that a little bit more uh, in today's episode. But you watch the Rangers, it just felt like at times they were kind of skating in quicksand. A couple of guys had their legs, but not enough to really make any kind of a difference. There's a whole bunch to unpack from this game and everything that went wrong and why the Rangers uh, you know, ultimately lost. But again, the, the to me, the biggest thing was just making too many mistakes because if the Rangers would have just kind of held serve and played clean hockey, you know, this is a game that ultimately they could have ended up possibly winning because, like I said, uh, the Predators, almost all their goals came as the result of mistakes by the Rangers, including this first goal. You have Filipino, you know, he's skating the puck out of the Rangers zone, basically gets his pocket picked by his opponent. You've got Barry taking a slap shot. The puck goes behind Igor Shesterkin. This is another one of those uh, saves and one of those examples of uh, Igor not having his A game in this one. Didn't think he was terrible or anything like that, but I think a lot of times he's going to get this one clean and there's not going to be any chance for a uh, you know second opportunity goal here, which is what ended up happening. Uh, the puck got behind Igor Shesterkin just a little bit. Smith found it, dove at it, knocked it into the net, one to nothing, Nashville Predators. And then on the second goal, you know, the Rangers are shorthanded here. Or no, I'm sorry. The Rangers are on the power play. So so this was uh, especially bad because you've got uh, Trocek winning a faceoff, Panarin with a wrist shot from the right circle. 
Uh, this had a decent chance of going in, maybe, but Saros fought it off with a pad save. And then after a uh, clear, you've got the Rangers eventually bring it back in. And then Mika Zibanejad, uh with a one-timer, he, he breaks his stick on the play. Uh, the second unit for the Rangers comes out with only 35 seconds left. And then you get an errant pass. Uh, Miller tried to send a pass from along the boards. This is at the very tail end of the power play. Miller trying to pass from along the boards back to the blue line to Gustafson in the middle of the ice. And, you know, Miller probably put a little bit too much sauce on this pass here. Didn't really need to do that necessarily. But by that same token, I think maybe Gustafson uh, probably could have handled this as well. So not a great play by either defenseman here. And... It's basically a two-on-O for the Predators. You've got Smith coming out of the penalty box. He goes in, and he scores 2 nothing in favor of the Predators. So critical mistakes here, leading to a 2 nothing lead for Nashville. And then even the third and fourth goals, I mean, might as well go through those uh, as well. You've got uh, Adam Fox taking a penalty for hooking. This puts Nashville on the power play. This one was different from his first penalty. The first penalty, I thought Adam Fox kind of got a bad deal on that because, yeah, he hooked his guy down to the ice but he was also tripped on the play. So I thought that could have been matching minors, but uh, Fox here obviously hooked down Forsberg because he couldn't, you know, stop him from getting toward the net. And uh, you don't want Forsberg right there on the doorstep in front of your own net. He has to take the penalty. He does. It puts Nashville on the power play. Fox had a bit of a rough game. You know, the two penalties, there was also an instance where he was receiving a pass at the Ranger blue line and it hopped over his stick and went out of the zone. Rangers had some issues with their passing. Couldn't really complete uh, basic passes at times. It felt like in this game, but as for this third goal from Nashville here, slight detour uh, with Adam Fox over. Uh, it took them all of six seconds to score. You've got them winning a faceoff clean. You know, Trocek lost the faceoff clean. And then you get four quick passes, tic-tac-toe. I mean, this is exactly how you draw it up if you're the Nashville Predators. And a lot of Rangers, you know, I realize they're shorthanded and, um, you know, they have to maintain their position. But a lot of guys just kind of puck watching on this. And uh, Predators end up scoring on a shot from the slot. You've got O'Reilly scoring, making it three to nothing. And then the fourth goal... Uh, this is all set up by Artemi Panarin taking a bad high-sticking penalty. The puck is in the uh, the neutral zone, but closer to the Predator zone than, than the Ranger zone. And, you know, he's trying to make a play. I get it to an extent. He's trying to lift the stick of his opponent, but he missed, and he high-sticked him, and it's a pretty uh, cut-and-dry high-sticking penalty on Artemi Panarin. And then on the power play, you've got Forsberg going into the zone. Uh, he's just kind of doing whatever he wants. He just slips right between Trocek and Truba. Goes to the other side of the rink and takes a shot. Takes a shot, excuse me, uh, from the right face-off circle. Lets it fly, just just a booming slap shot, and makes it four nothing. And at that point, uh, Jonathan Quick did indeed come in in relief of Igor Shesterkin. Kind of an odd way for Jonathan Quick to make his Ranger debut. You know, again coming in in relief with six oh nine to go. Team down four nothing. It's not the most exciting way, the most memorable way to make your uh, debut with a new team, but it is what it is. They had to make a change here, or at least that's how, you know, Laviolette and the coaching staff felt. They did it. And uh, I think that's one of the silver linings of this game is that Jonathan Quick played very, very well, uh, stopped all nine shots that he faced. And I also wonder if that also means that Jonathan Quick might be starting the game against Seattle. That's game five for the Rangers. It might be time for Jonathan Quick to make his first start of the season. And maybe this Ranger coaching staff knew that that was the plan. And based on how this game was going, again, not well at all. Igor Shesterkin obviously doesn't have his A game. Rangers are making all kinds of mistakes. So between Igor faltering a little bit, between the team kind of being lackluster and maybe trying to spark them a little bit with a goalie change and also the fact that maybe Jonathan Quick was already slated to start the game against Seattle. And again, I don't know that for sure, but if that is the case, you add up all those factors and it probably does make some sense to get Jonathan Quick into this game. And like I said, that's that's the silver line you could take out of this is that Quick 
nine saves and nine shots and looked sharp doing it. So uh, fingers crossed, obviously, that you know Quick can thrive in a backup role, which is obviously uh, very, very new to him. And, and the one other thing I want to mention here, you know, a lot of people were kind of defending the Rangers, and it's one game I'm not going to, like, hit the panic button and, oh, my God, the season's over. They're terrible. They're this. They're going to be a laughing stock. I saw that phrase on social media last night. No, it's a bad game. They have to be better than this, clearly. Um, but the one thing that, you know, the defenders were using for the Rangers in this game was that, well, you know, they're still learning a new system. And, yeah, that's true. But I don't know that a new system is really to blame for bad, undisciplined penalties, for giving up odd man. I mean, maybe that one a little bit, giving up the odd man rushes because people are still trying to figure out where they're supposed to be positioned and whatnot. Maybe you could put that on the new system a little bit, but just careless play, you know, sloppy passes, not being able to handle uh, pretty basic passes, guys having passes, you know, hop over their stick or just fumbling them, uh, whatever it might be, uh, lack of a forecheck. To me, most of these things don't fall under the category of uh, learning a new system. Most of these things are just, they didn't play well. I think it's really just as simple as that. You got to peer cap a little bit to Nashville. Obviously, there's two teams out there, and, um, you know, it's kind of gut check time for them. They got embarrassed in their last game, losing 6-1 to to the Oilers. So uh, this was kind of their game where, oh, you know, we have to play a heck of a lot better than this. Um, the Rangers should have anticipated that. They should have been ready to go. And unfortunately, that just uh, did not seem to be the case, at least for most of this game. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to turn our attention to the Rangers, just lack of, you know, jump, lack of forecheck, lack of scoring opportunities, lack of pretty much everything in this game. We'll get to that in just a second and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. The Jay's case is a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. Buy a gift card for your family or loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. Golf, date, evening out, you name it, Bird Dogs is good. Bird Dogs has you covered. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnXXX or enter promo code LockedOnXXX at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnXXX for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. want to continue to 
basically shine a light on everything that the Rangers did wrong in this game. I mean, it was one of those games where, you know, again, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, do want to mention for the everydayers, though, first of all, thank you as always for supporting the show. And you're definitely going to want to stick around. Rangers beginning their five-game road trip, I believe it is. It starts this Saturday at 10 p.m. on the road against the Seattle Kraken. So in our next episode, going to be breaking down uh, everything that happens in that game. But for right now, let's keep the attention focused on this most recent game. And I got a question for you guys to kind of illustrate, you know, the, the Rangers struggles in this game. How many times watching this game, for those of you that saw it, which is probably a good chunk, how many times did it feel like the Rangers were about to score in this game? How many times did you really, really think, oh, that's a goal? You know, we've all been watching hockey, most of us, for a long time. And we have a sense, you know, you, you can tell when a team is kind of back on its heels. You know when a team is buzzing in the offensive zone, when they're making crisp passes and, um, you know, obviously having good shot selections and whatnot creating some chaos in front of the goalie. They have the other team scrambling back on their heels. There was next to none of that in this game. And as far as uh, actual times in this game where you felt like they were going to score, we're not even going to count the five on three because every five on three to me is inherently a good scoring opportunity. And the Rangers had about a minute and a half to work with on the five on three. And of course, they were able to score there. Adam Fox was trying to pass, uh, puck deflects off of Ryan McDonough and into the net. So in a roundabout way, we did have a former Ranger scoring uh, against the Rangers. He just happened to put it into uh, his own net and, um, you know, get the Rangers on the board there down four to one. But again, there was no four check. Uh, I thought Joe Mich Micheletti made a great point in this game. The Predators were doing a very good job of this. They were getting the puck out of their own zone very quickly, just moving it up the ice and, and getting it going in the opposite direction. So, you know, it's a little bit of chicken and the egg. Were they able to do that because there was no pressure from the Rangers or, you know, were, were the Rangers creating pressure, but the, the Predators were just that much better at getting the puck out? I guess it was a little bit of both, but not, I mean, there wasn't that much pressure from the Rangers. Let, let's be real. Yes, Nashville was doing a nice job in this area of the game, but the Rangers weren't making it nearly difficult enough on them. That also brings me to another point here, UC Soros. I would say probably a top 10 goalie in the game, but I don't know how many NHL goalies would have struggled uh, in a game like this last night facing the amount of pressure or really the lack of pressure that the Rangers were putting on them. Uh, Soros came into this game having struggled in his career against the Rangers, one in three with a three, four, one goals against average and eight eighty seven save percentage. And yeah, I mean, he did fine in this game. He played well. He made the saves that he had to make, but how many times was he really tested? Was there anything that you see Soros did uh, uh, in this game here? That's going to make like plays of the night or anything along those lines, anything even close. I mean, I haven't seen like the NHL network uh, highlight, package of this of this uh, game here but would there be any UC Soros saves that made the cut I mean maybe they throw one in just to be nice but he didn't really have to do anything so you know it is what it is uh, the Rangers just did not create enough pressure uh the times where they had the puck in the offensive zone I, I thought it came right back out pretty quickly there weren't any real second chance opportunities for the Rangers or at least not too many of them now I should mention to be completely fair here the Rangers actually did score a goal 5v5 uh, fairly late in this game, there were exactly eight minutes left. And for the third time in two games, the Rangers have a goal nullified due to a review and the play being ruled offside. Uh, Cooley on this play was trying to make a cross-ice pass. Looked like he was trying to get it to Panarin. The puck deflects off of a defender, goes toward the net, hits a defenseman, pops into the air, bounces off, bounces off of Vincent Trocek's chest. Vincent Trocek's chest. That's a little bit of a tongue twister and goes into the net. So at that point, okay, 4-2, haven't played great, but 
at least we got, you know, semi-exciting eight minutes coming up here. It's still doable. And, hey, maybe they can steal one here. Maybe they can really uh, pull a rabbit out of their hat. But, of course, the Predators challenge, and it indeed was offside. And even here, we talked about some of the mistakes the Rangers were making. Vincent Trocek was offside on this play, and there wasn't really any need for him to be offside. You know, I understand to a certain extent, like, he wants to get in there. He wants to make things happen. He wants to get to the net. Um, the Rangers, hey, they're, they're down by three goals, and we got eight minutes and whatever seconds to go here. So it, it's crunch time, and you got to get going. Um, so I get it to an extent, but there was no need to, to enter the zone. You know, he basically just, I think he thought he was onside because he was skating across the blue line like certain players do to, you know, keep their momentum going while still waiting for the puck to cross the blue line. And I think that's what Trocek was doing here, but he kind of just drifted into the offensive zone a little bit too early, and he's offside, and the goal rightly was nullified. So I don't know. I mean, in, in our last episode, I made a joke about how, like, oh, the key to this game against the uh, the Predators here, make sure you stay on side because we don't want any more goals being nullified. I, I thought I was joking, but maybe we have to be more serious about this. In the Rangers, three times in the span of two games, we think they have a goal. It's nullified due to offside. Guys have to be a little more disciplined, I guess, when it comes to going over the blue line. Make sure the puck goes first. And, uh, man, if, if another goal gets overturned for offside or any other reason, I think we're all going to lose our minds in, in the next game against Seattle. It's another opponent, you know, another tough opponent where goals could be at something of a premium in that game. So the last thing we need uh, with the Rangers, especially struggling for offense in these last two games, or at least struggling to, you know, put the puck in the net. Um, yeah, that, that's the last thing that we need, need to have happen is have another goal overturned uh, against a, a pretty tough Kraken team. I saw they were like one and three to start the season, but I still do believe that's a, a good team and it's probably gonna be another tough game. Uh, for the Rangers. And then something else I have to mention here. We talked about how, yeah, they didn't create a lot of scoring opportunities. Anytime they did create a scoring opportunity, or at least a couple of times in this game, a couple of different examples of this, they would pass. And I think the most glaring example of this is at the end of the first period. So we're getting into the final seconds, you know, 20 seconds or so to go here, give or take. And the Rangers are down 2 nothing at this point in the game. Kako makes a great play. He's in on the four check. Defenseman has the puck. Kako, very aggressive, goes in there, just straight up steals the puck away from the defenseman, passes back to Mika Zibanejad. Now, Mika receives this pass with nobody on him, nobody really in front of him between him and the net. It really seemed to catch the Predators by surprise here. And, I mean, you're thinking for sure he's going to shoot and he's going to score. He can pretty much do whatever he wants at this point because, again, there's nothing in front of him but open ice between him and the net. He can shoot it quickly. He can skate it in a little further if he wants to. Instead, he, for some reason, tries to pass the puck back to Capo Caco, and he got the puck to him, yeah, but Mika gave up a great A scoring opportunity in prime real estate with no resistance from the Predators to try to get it over to Caco, who has to score from just an absolutely ridiculous angle and wasn't able to do so. He, he tried. I mean, he took the shot. He put it toward the net, but he couldn't even hit the net. So, um, yeah, that's that was surprising. I mean, maybe Mika's trying to be selfless there, and here we go again with this, right? The Rangers being too selfless. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to get Capo Caco going a little bit, build his confidence up a little bit, but no, don't worry about that, man. Caco already made his play. He already made the play of this sequence here where if you shoot it, you got a good chance to score a goal. Caco already did his thing, take the shot and try to score. And I'm not going to kill Mika for this. I mean, look, it happens, all right? Sometimes somebody's going to pass and they should shoot. Sometimes somebody should shoot when they should pass, whatever. But in a game where scoring opportunities were so few and far between for the Rangers, I just could not believe that Mika, um, who we know has an amazing shot, uh, did not put the puck at the net here. So, And then the other example of this, there's another one that I wrote down. There were a couple other little examples too, but another glaring example of this, again, the Rangers uh, passing when they probably should have shot. 
especially in a game when scoring chances were at a premium. Uh, you've got Gustafson moving in in the second period. He's up the left side, and you think he's going to shoot. You know, he's got his momentum going in the net, too. Uh, he had Trocek on the doorstep. Um, and, you know, again, sometimes I will defend players when they try to go for that one extra pass because if you complete that pass, yeah, it's very likely to be a goal. But, again, given the kind of game the Rangers found themselves in here and how few and far between the scoring chances were, I would have liked to have seen Gustafson take the shot here. Gustafson's off to a good chance or a good start. Take the chance here on the shot. Uh, let it fly. Put it on the net. Make Soros at least have to make a difficult save at some point in this game. I know Trocek was there, and he tried to get it to him, but it didn't work. He couldn't thread the needle and squeeze it through traffic there. So, uh, unfortunate. And like I said, those were the two that really stood out to me. A couple other examples of that throughout the game as well. But we're going to turn the page uh, on all this in just a second. I want to talk a little bit about the Rangers' current lineup, the line combinations, uh, Jimmy Vesey being back in for Tyler Pitlick. Uh, will quick play in the next game against Seattle. We're going to go through all of that in just a second here. Looking forward to doing that. But first, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Mika Zibanejad scores a hat trick. The New York Rangers win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season. But to have a chance at winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. With studs like Panarin and Mika and Fox and Igor Shesterkin, all you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these star players. Choose stats like goals, assists, plus minus, and much more. You heard me, Ranger fans, 100 times the payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so that you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Want to uh, sort of turn the page a little bit here and talk a little bit about the Ranger lineup. I mean, it's going to tie into the game that just happened a little bit, but kind of looking forward at uh, the game against the Kraken now. So first of all, for this game, the Rangers continue to roll basically the exact same lines that they've been going with all season. The only changes that they've been making is they've alternated the first four games, uh, fourth line right wing, Pitlick, VZ, Pitlick, VZ. Uh, VZ was back in there last night. Uh, VZ to me, and I, I guess this is kind of null and void when you're dealing with a new coaching staff, but VZ to me is somebody that didn't do anything to learn to, to lose his fourth uh, line right wing spot. I don't think he should be out of the lineup in favor of Tyler Pitlick. It's okay to, I guess, mix and match them a little bit. And I, I don't think Pitlick should sit like all four games and sit in the press box the entire season. But it just feels like Pitlick is kind of ahead of VZ in the pecking order right now. And I'm just not sure what caused that. To me, VZ has played better. He made a really nice play on the penalty kill in this game. Uh, there was a situation where the Predators were bringing the puck over the blue line. VZ kind of stood his guy up, separated him from the puck. And then somebody, I think it was Keandre Miller, was able to shoot it down the rink. So a good play by VZ there. And um, had an early scoring chance in this game as well uh, to Jimmy VZ. He had a situation where he tried to feed Nick Bonino. Bonino tried a one-timer. It didn't work. But to me, VZ just a little bit more noticeable than Pitlick. I will say Pitlick has been a more physical player than perhaps I, I realize. He's had a couple of pretty nice hits, pretty good solid checks uh, early in this game. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm very curious, like I said, to see how this plays out. Are they just going to keep doing this? Just keep alternating these two players 
um, for the foreseeable future. That's possible as well. And again, it's tough because I don't think either player really deserves to be sitting in the press box night in and night out, but we'll see if they eventually, you know, decide to go with one or the other and either VZ or Pitlick is kind of the odd man out at that point. Um, we've also had the same defense pairings for, for every single game. The only exception was when Ryan Lindgren uh, missed a game and they put Gustafson on the top pairing with Fox and then they put Zach Jones in the lineup uh, with Braden Schneider. So, um, you know, I, I feel like Laviolette and the Ranger coaching staff have been pretty patient when it comes to these line combinations, which is, is something that I tend to like. But after a game like this, which is lackluster, nobody had any jump and precious few scoring opportunities to, to talk about here. Um, it feels like a change could possibly be coming. And here's what I feel like might happen. This isn't necessarily what I want. I'll explain what I want in just a second. But I feel like this is how it might go down in this game against Seattle. So they stick with the same line combinations, the same defense pairings at the start of this game. But at this point, I think these guys are sort of on the clock, especially when you consider they have three goals in their last two games here, including uh, this most recent game, just one goal. And again, very few scoring chances. And even their one goal came out on five on three. So just not a whole lot happening uh, for the Rangers. So I feel like they stick with the same line combinations, same defense pairings for the start of the game against Seattle. If the Rangers don't play better than we just saw, if they don't show a little more urgency, a little more jump, a little more uh, competitive fire, I would say, then I feel like a change is probably coming sometime around the first intermission, probably after a tongue lashing from Peter Laviolette. We, we don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. Maybe he's already ripped into them a little bit. Maybe he's trying to stay patient. Uh, I don't know that for sure. But at some point, you know, you, you know, you know the fire is going to come out of Peter Laviolette if, if the first period of Seattle resembles, like I said, uh, the majority of this game against Nashville. So I think the Rangers, as far as the current line combinations are going, they're on the clock very much beginning as soon as the puck drops uh, in Seattle. I personally hope that they stick with the same line combinations. And one of the reasons for that is that, you know, there is talk of learning a new system. And again, most of the things that went wrong against Nashville, I can't really chalk it up to a new system. It just felt like they were not really playing with a lot of fire or a lot of energy or, you know, just, just making too many mistakes. Um, to me, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with whatever system you happen to be playing. Um, I would like them to stick with the same line combinations overall, though, because with all that said, yes, they are learning a new system. And I feel like when you're doing that, it probably is a little bit easier. There's a little bit of a not quite a steep learning curve if you're at least out there with the same people and you're kind of getting a feel for, okay, you're over here. I'm over here. This is what we're looking to do. Okay, defensively, this is how we're going to you know, guard the neutral zone, whatever it might be. So uh, I'm kind of hoping that they mostly keep things the same. But it, again, if they do what I was talking about just a minute ago. If they have a rough first period and Peter Laviolette comes out with new line combinations in the second period, I can't go crazy about that either because sooner or later, you, know, you need a little kick, you need a little jump start. But I'm hoping they keep it the same. And ideally, the Rangers just come out and play better in the first period against Seattle. And then that completely takes away the need to change the lines at all. So the Rangers can help themselves uh, with a strong start against Seattle. We, we don't want poor starts to become a thing again as they somewhat were last season. Um, you know, this year, I feel like they've mostly been starting pretty well, but uh, not in this most recent game against the Predators. As far as guys who might move up in the lineup, if um, if indeed the Rangers do change their line combinations, the first guy I think of is Will Cooley. I, I think Will Cooley has played very well. He's one of the few Rangers that actually look good in this game here um, against the Predators. Uh, the one thing that makes it a little bit difficult is that Cooley's on the left wing. And so if he moves up, I mean, do you put Cooley on the right wing? You know, does Kreider or Panarin drop down to the third line? Probably not. Does 
try to move over to the to the right side so that Cooley can be. I don't know. It'd be difficult to do, but there's always a way around that if you want to make something like that happen badly enough. And again, Cooley, I thought played well. He had a steal in the offensive zone that led to a decent scoring chance for the Rangers. He also came up with a game high seven hits. So Cooley was hitting early. He was hitting often. He was hitting hard. And um, again, he just looks every bit the part of an NHL player. My hope right now is that. Will Cooley is in the NHL for good, and I think uh, the more games that go by here and the more good hockey that he continues to put on tape, the more likely that scenario becomes. Uh, something else I want to talk about, and I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier in the episode, but uh, is this Jonathan Quick's time to shine? Does he finally uh, get a start with the Rangers um, in Seattle here? For all the reasons I mentioned earlier, it made sense probably to make a goalie change in this game against Nashville. Again, Jonathan Quick entered with about six minutes to go in the second period. Stopped nine out of nine shots. Looks very good doing it. And it makes me think that, again, that probably is the plan here, that um, they they were looking to probably get Jonathan Quick a start. Um, and it was going to happen in Seattle. And given the fact that Igor didn't have his A game and the Rangers weren't playing very well and they were down 4 nothing anyway, hey, why don't we get Jonathan Quick into this game, uh, let him get warmed up a little bit, and then he's ready to go uh, for his start in Seattle. That's just me kind of connecting the dots. Don't have any kind of uh, insider information or anything like that. But to me, um, that's a scenario that, that kind of makes sense. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, again, that game against Seattle is going to be at 10 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. And to just run through the schedule real quick here for uh, – the end of October. Uh, a lot of us here on the East Coast are going to be staying up late, which, yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> some of you guys might prefer that. I don't know. Maybe there's some uh, some night owls here, or maybe there's people in other time zones where this works better for you. But I think for most of us in the East Coast, we'd prefer earlier uh, start times. But you got Saturday at Seattle, 10 p.m. Uh, Tuesday at Calgary, 9.45 p.m. Thursday at Edmonton at 9 p.m. So we're moving in the right direction as far as the start times go. Uh, but then the following Saturday at Vancouver, 10 p.m., and then finally, a normal start time, Monday the 30th uh, at Winnipeg at 7.30 p.m. And then back home after that to start November. I believe uh, against the Canes is um, the first home game in November. I might as well just check it. I have the page open here. Let's see, November. Yeah, Thursday the 2nd at home against the Canes. So it's gut check time, man. You're on the road. It's not an easy way to start your season. Uh, I believe that's going to make it like 7 out of 9 road games to start the season, which is not ideal. But by that same token, I think it also kind of uh, as a call to arms, brings your team together a little bit, hopefully, and uh, we'll see how everything shakes out here. But I figure we could pretty much call it there. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.